0: Welcome to the Key Wealth Matters podcast, a series of candid conversations with leading experts about how individuals and organizations can grow and protect their finances tailored around current events and trends. Here's your host for today's podcast,
1: Brian Peter Angelo. Welcome to the Key Wealth Matters weekly podcast where we casually ramble on about important topics, including the markets, the economy, human ingenuity and almost anything under the sun, giving you the keys to unlock the mysteries of the markets and investing. Today is Friday, October 21st, 2022. I'm Brian Peterangelo, and welcome to the podcast. With me today, I'd like to introduce our panel of investing experts here to provide their insights on this week's market activity. Steve Haight, Head of Equities, and Rajiv Sharma, Head of Fixed Income. As a reminder, a lot of great content is available on key.com slash wealth insights, including updates from our Wealth Institute on many different subjects and especially our key questions article series addressing a relevant topic for investors each Wednesday. In addition if you have any questions or need more information please reach out to your financial advisor. Looking at this week's economic news the calendar was fairly light the Fed's beige book showed mixed economic activity across the US housing continued to slow leading economic indicators continued to decline while initial unemployment claims for the week maintain their steady pace, reflecting the continued tight labor market. So let's turn our attention first to what's happening with Q3 earnings reports and the stock market this week. Steve, what are you seeing?
2: Well, as we sit here this morning, right around 23% of the S&P 500 by market cap has reported earnings for the third quarter. Numbers have been coming in slightly better than expectations. I mean, companies have beaten estimates by 3.2%. 68% of companies are topping projections. Looks like earnings are set to grow just shy of 6% for the quarter assuming the current beat rate continues. The, the important thing for me though is with earnings is always to focus on the market reactions to the numbers. We really get a feel for, you know, how healthy the market is by watching how stocks perform around these earnings releases. And right now what we're seeing that companies that double beat, and when I say double beat, that means companies that beat on both revenue and earnings when they report, companies that double beat are outperforming the S&P 500 by 1.1%. Companies that double miss, meaning they miss on both revenue and EPS, are underperforming by 6.6%. Now, while that sounds like a great spread, the average outperformance is usually 1.7%. So stocks that double beat are not performing as well as they usually do. And companies that double miss, the average is usually minus 3.1%. So companies that double miss are getting punished twice as much as they usually do when they report. So this quarter, it, the the outcomes have really been extreme in terms of the amount of punishment that has been inflicted on companies that are having double misses. And while that may seem esoteric, it really kind of reinforces the market environment that we're in. And it tells you we're in bear market conditions, right? I mean, if you have two, if you, if you miss on both earnings and, and revenues in this environment, um, investors take you out behind the woodshed. It, it's just not a good not a good scenario. Um, some something else that really has caught my attention is, you know, as I was going through my my flipping through my charts, trying to find some things of interest this week, decided to cycle through the, the sectors uh, in our in our key charts this week, and and it really jumped out to me that <laughs> there's really only one sector that's leadership right now, and it's energy. Um, if it, it, it's very clear the type of environment we're in with this inflationary impulse that's come through the economy, um, energy has benefited from that energy's benefited from a number of other different themes over the last twelve to eighteen months. Um, but it's clear that you know when when you hear people say there's a bull market somewhere uh, right now the bull market clearly is in energy stocks. You look around the rest of the s and p five hundred. You you can see some defensives performing okay. Healthcare sector looks decent. Um, but then you get things like financials and industrials where the the absolute price looks like it's rolling over, but you know, relative performance to the market has kind of hung in there. And then man, you want to talk about carnage, just look at real estate. Oh my goodness. And and that kind of gets us to to Rajiv. I mean, obviously, with real estate getting mauled, um, that's happening straight because of rates i mean what what are you seeing in the rates markets this week it just seems to me like 10-year treasury yields just continue just a relentless march forward if i was to look at even the two-year the two-year yields to me that's like if i ha- if i was uh trying to buy uh buy that as a stock based on the chart i would be buying it hand over fist because
3: it's like a the most relentless up into the right chart i've i've seen in years now you make a great point, Steve. Um... And thank you for that I think that uh, you know a lot of our clients are looking at uh, cash management strategies and uh, if you have cash to park for one or two years, it makes a lot of sense to buy two years or maybe a one year Treasury bill. Um, those rates uh, four plus percent we haven't seen for a very long time, if we look back in time uh, back in 2020 into 2021 we saw at the two year at 14 basis points it was anchored there for such a long time and uh, now we're seeing you know 4.5%. On a two- year treasury note yield it's like unbelievable and fixed income in general I mean rates are being really different driven by uh, fed messaging it continues to call for higher rates uh, whatever it takes to combat inflation and there's these hopes in the market that the Fed will pivot uh, but those are pretty much destroyed by uh, the recent data that we've seen non-farm payrolls and CPI if there's any relief in rates at all this week it's going to be a function of the rally in UK yields, which we did see during the week, maybe there was a little bit of relief for us rates with what was happening in the UK, which we we'll get into but. Uh, the picture is clear, the market is now anticipating 75 base point rate hike in the next FOMC meeting in November and probably another 75 base rate, rate hike in December. And then maybe there'll be a pause and let's search for data, but uh, the Fed hasn't really said that, but it can only happen if we see growth and inflation start to go down, and we haven't seen that. This gets contradicted by the rally that you're saying about stocks. Any quote-unquote rally that you see in treasuries is met by a a pretty brisk sell-off. And uh, bond investors are really selling into the rally. We see the 10-year at uh, 4.28% right now. That's the highest yield we've seen since uh, June of 2008. And this is a support level. Uh, Do we see investors getting involved at this level? Uh, It's possible, but uh, we don't see much follow through. Even when you see uh, investors thinking that fixed income looks attractive right now, we immediately see a sell off and we, we start to go back to the Fed messaging. And even in uh, corporate credit, we've seen spreads leak wider. It's important to note that issuers are also, corporate issuers are thinking to stay on the sidelines right now based on where rates are. Uh, borrowing costs are very high. Do they really need to come to market? Probably not. And you're seeing it, issuers kind of stand down at these levels. So. That might be a a positive technical for spreads to not go extremely wider, but uh, we are leaking wider.
2: You know, the one thing that concerns me about the credit market continues to be how the most speculative part of the market remains under pressure. I mean, you know, equity investors have learned over the last 20 years that that they really need to focus on credit and the health of the, the speculative parts of the credit market in order to get a good read on, you know, whether it's safe to stay in the water on the equity side. And you know, when I see triple Cs continuing to leak wider relative to single Bs, I mean, that spread is now up over 5.8%. It looks to me like it's headed to six. And that has been, again, another chart that's just been relentless up until the right as we've started this uh, cycle of rate hiking. Um, to me, that's, that's a really concerning chart because uh, if we really truly are gonna have a credit cycle um, as you know, possibly the economy weakens in 2023 or 2024, whatever it is. I, I mean, we're not, we're not here to make a recession call, but clearly, with the inverted yield curve now for what three months plus, um, I, th- I think that we're we're, we're definitely in the uh, uh, seeing that you know quote unquote recession timing six to nine months out from from a market perspective is something that I think is baked in the cake when we're looking at this from a credit cycle perspective. You know that could be another leg down for equities unfortunately and uh, you know i've been concerned by the fact that we've seen the equity market uh, when it does go down not go down in a volatile fashion it goes down in a meat grinder fashion um, and really we want to see panic quite frankly in order to get um, a durable low in here in order to, to to really think about committing serious capital to the market um, i i don't know what do you think about what's going on in the more speculative parts of the credit market right now
3: yeah, Steve, I, I think that the high yield uh, is something uh, that market is something that we really need to take a focus on. I'm glad that we are. Um, I think high yield spreads, you know, where they are right now, they could definitely go wider. Um, there's this notion in the high yield market that uh, credits are much more capitalized, issuers are better than they were back in 2008. Um, and I and there's a, a notion that uh, default rates are rarely low right now, uh, so everything will be fine. But we head into a recession, and I think that high yield gets really, really stressed at that point, and I think it's something really important to look at. I am kind of perplexed a little bit why high yield is not going wider. Um, I would think the high yield would follow the equity market with the volatility, but it has not. And I think that what's happening here is um, investors are getting involved in high yield, they're seeing good yield levels, but um, you know, it feels to me that uh, you got to get a spread right now of maybe 700 basis points for us to feel some kind of pain in high yield. We haven't got there, but uh, as we've seen in the high yield market, we can get there very quickly. Yeah, and, that CDX,
2: uh, that CDX has really been sticky here around five to five point three percent over the last probably three to four t- weeks worth of trading. It has not gone wider, um, but at the same time, like I said, that triple C versus single B has continued to grind wider at the same time so you know i keep looking at that as as an indicator of where high yield cdx spreads are likely going to eventually end up um but you know i think that the real the real worry that that equity investors have here is that as we look forward to that you know potential recessionary scenario going forward is what does what do earnings have to get marked down to i mean if you look at historically in a um in a in a recession you see earnings come down about 10 to 15%, you know. So you'd be talking about a $200 handle on the S&P 500 in terms of earnings instead of 230 or 240 where we're at today or where we're looking at for four uh, forward 12-month numbers. Um and if you just put like a, a run of the mill 15 Multiple on that, that gets you to a three thousand handle on the s and p five hundred very quickly. So I think that's what that's kind of what the downside scenario is for people as we think about what the economy's looking like. Um, you know we're not making the call that things are going to head there uh, clearly, but we think that you know you clearly want to have a, a diversified portfolio. We think that there are opportunities and alternatives in other areas where where we want investors to to think about how to protect themselves in an environment that continues to just be, I, I, I gotta say, it's probably the most uncertain market environment that I've seen in my investing career. I think that people really do not have a handle on how to, ha- how to deal with rates moving as fast as they have moved. I mean, we've never seen moves like this in a time frame this compressed. This cycle is just kind of mind boggling in terms of,
3: of pace. I think that what's happened is the market has kind of normalized the seventy-five basis point rate hikes. When you have three in a row, um, we've talked about this before that uh, that is not normal. Uh, rate hikes generally are twenty-five basis points, but the market has somehow normalized that seventy-five basis points is normal. And I think that that's a really dangerous place to be in. The the Fed is throwing whatever they have at this market to try to combat inflation. We're expecting another 75, maybe another 75 December. Do we pause at that point? Not if the economic numbers don't slow down or we don't see a slowdown in unemployment uh, or rising unemployment rates, but uh, but to Steve's point about high yield, you know, I would really anticipate that uh, if we started seeing high yield spreads at, at 700, maybe 800 basis points, that's a level where I think that there's gonna be a lot of pain. And your point about triple uh, Cs, Triple C rated bonds, uh, you know, they've come under pressure. I think they've really dictated the negative returns for high yield this year. Uh, I think this up in quality trade that we've been advocating for a very long time that we should be up in quality, even in the high yield market, I think there's an advocation of up in quality trades, Uh, but it's really uh, dominated by, if we see any rise in default rates, I think that could really be a a, a very big negative for high yield. And then we could see a systemic, situation after that where where the markets feel like liquidity is slowing down
1: to uh your comments steve about investor behavior uh in the fixed income market rajiv what are we seeing in terms of flows in the bond market there's some some pretty big flows going out
3: yeah that's a great point brian uh we've been seeing flows consistently going out of investment grade and high yield for that matter um and even the municipal bond market we've seen uh consecutive week over week outflows from these. from these fixed income funds, and I think that has a lot to do with the uh, investors that we talked about earlier. That it doesn't really make sense to take any risk, go further out on the credit curve when you're getting less yield to do that. And I think uh, a lot of these funds that we have are pegged against the uh, the agri index, which has a duration of about six and a half to seven years. Uh, it doesn't make sense to go out that far. When you have cash on hand, it makes sense to more involve yourself with uh, U.S. Treasuries one-year and two-year, I think a lot of investors have started to pull their money out of uh, investment-grade funds, take credit risk off the uh, table, take duration risk off the table, and kind of really keep yourself short and invest it in uh, U.S. Treasuries that are giving you over 4%. Well,
1: good conversation today. Steve and Rajiv, thanks for your insights. We appreciate it. And thanks to our listeners for joining us today. Be sure to subscribe to the Key Wealth Matters podcast through your favorite podcast app. As always, Past performance is no guarantee of future results, and we know your financial situation is personal to you. So reach out to your relationship manager, portfolio strategist, or financial advisor for more information, and we'll catch up with you next week to see how the world and the markets have changed and provide those keys to help you achieve your financial success. The Key Wealth Matters podcast is produced by
0: the Key Wealth Institute. The Key Wealth Institute is comprised of a collection of financial professionals representing key entities including Key Private Bank, Key Bank Institutional Advisors, Key Private Client, and Key Investment Services. Any opinions, projections, or recommendations contained herein are subject to change without notice and are not intended as individual investment advice. This material is presented for informational purposes only and should not be construed as individual tax or financial advice. Bank and trust products are provided by Key Bank National Association, member FDIC, and Equal Housing Lender. Key Private Bank and KeyBank Institutional Advisors are part of KeyBank. Investment products, brokerage, and investment advisory services are offered through Key Investment Services, LLC or KISS, member of FINRA, SIPC, and SEC-registered investment advisor. Insurance products are offered through KeyCorp, Insurance Agency, USA, Incorporated, or KIA. KISS and KIA are affiliated with KeyBank. Investment and insurance products are not FDIC insured, not bank guaranteed, may lose value, not a deposit, not insured by any federal or state government agency. KeyBank and its affiliates do not provide tax or legal advice. Individuals should consult their personal tax advisor before making any tax-related investment decisions. This content is copyrighted by KeyCorp 2022.